There's no such thing as a single gay gene that drives a person's sexual behavior, concludes the largest genetic study ever conducted on the issue. Nearly half a million genetic profiles from the United States and the United Kingdom found no causality between genetics and same-sex attraction. While LGBTQ advocacy groups have been pushing the born-this-way theory for decades, they are now left with no science to back up claims that have largely been accepted and mainstreamed in culture. Stephen Black is the author of his own study on homosexual behavior and change, the First Stone Ministries Effectiveness Survey Report, and that can be found, friends, at firststone.org. Stephen says, Many very educated people will posture and pose with obscure, heady language to sow further confusion from both sides of the argument, but the bottom line is that people change, and that's good news. That is good news indeed, friends. Stay tuned for my conversation with author Stephen Black next on Soaring Eagle Radio. And now, here's Dr. Mike. Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me today. Stephen Black is the executive director of First Stone Ministries, ordained with the International Ministerial Fellowship. He is an author and speaker on issues of sexual and relational brokenness. He is one of the founders of the Restored Hope Network and serves as chairman of the board, which supplies a biblically orthodox network of ministries to the sexually broken. Drawn into homosexuality as a victim of childhood sexual abuse, he lived a gay-identified life for eight years before Christ set him free in 1983. Stephen, thank you for joining me today on the show. Yes, sir. It's good to be with you, Dr. Mark. Well, we have chatted before on the live show, so it's it's great to be, to be chatting with you again. And uh, for folks that will catch this, this program. Uh, Stephen will be here in Ohio this weekend, April the 9th, 10th, and 11th at Cornerstone Assembly of God. A lot of things going on there. I, I would encourage you to to make time to, to attend if it is possible for your schedule. Stephen, um, folks are really, I don't want to say confused, but folks are Uninformed. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Folks are uninformed, as as shocking as that might sound to some of our listeners, about the issue of of same sex attraction, of, of struggling with with uh, homosexual thoughts. I wonder if you'd give us just a bit of a background on yourself and and how you personally came out of that. Well, that's a, a great question because. Um, I uh, unfortunately am a bit of a poster boy for the uh, causality. And so um, in uh, 1983, I I radically uh, came out of homosexuality with a radical transformative experience with Jesus. But before that, I lived eight years in a hard, very broken, confused lifestyle And as I gave my life over to the Lord and got counseling, pastoral care, inner healing, deliverance, all of the 
uh, issues of causality clearly came to the forefront. Um, and in my life, as is true with most of the men that I've been ministering to now for over 30 years, I've been doing this for a long time. And I'm an old guy, and I, you know, uh, have three adult children and, and three grandchildren. Uh, but the reality is, is that uh, the distortions of personality and perception is like 99% of the people, and that's the causality that we are bent into with this whole transgender, transgender narrative, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, there's such confusion and identity and sexual development, even as early as uh, three, when cognitive memory starts. And so you you had that, and that was certainly true in my own life. My dad was not uh, really involved in my life. And then uh, for the those years of um, development, when he was shipped off with how they used to ship him off in TDY, uh, he was a career military man. He came back into the picture at age six, and I was actually afraid of him because he was a a pretty much a military man and was raised in a kind of a brutal uh, authoritarian type uh, environment. And he was a man's man. And I was, uh, you know, artistic and sensitive and emotional and was being raised by my sister and my mother. And so I, I was uh, really lacking in my personality and development. And so uh, you put that on top of being molested by a friend of the family at age six and the sexual confusion came in like a storm. And so I was molested at 10 by a neighbor uh, man who was visiting the next door neighbors. I was uh, molested again by uh, cousins and, and, and other situations and, and given pornography. So by the time I hit puberty, uh, I felt attracted to my same sex and I felt very lacking. I was defensively detached from my dad, which means just being walled off and having bitter root judgments and hatred towards uh, the strength of masculine. And this is true of people that suffer in male homosexuality. And But there's so many um, root issues that once they're resolved, people are able to find lasting freedom from homosexuality, especially if it's caught early. The, the sad thing is, is now in our culture, it's being pushed, promoted, and even drawing children now into sexual exploitation. Uh, across our nation and across the world. And uh, the American Psychological Association, who have been pushing this narrative of, you know, LGBT, now uh, the Q and P, and don't kid yourself, that plus sign means something, Mm -hmm. which is minor attracted person. MAPS is what they call it. And so they're now legitimizing pedophilia as a legitimate orientation. And thereafter, our children, Anita Bryant in the 70s was right, save our children, because that's where this goes demonically. So there's, there's in a nutshell, I mean, it's complicated, uh, but none of this points to any kind of a genetic disposition, like you said, because we had the largest study that was ever conducted, the genome-wide associative study, that came out in August of, of 2019 with over 450,000 people that conclusively showed that there is no genetic link. But we do know that there are environmental factors that predispose people towards feeling very insecure and fearful and broken and certainly broken in their sexuality, as is more than half, 60% of the males, about 80% of the females, 
are molested as children. So that's a huge causality factor right there. Absolutely, absolutely. And one thing that has become clear today, if it was if it was ever in doubt previously, um, is that politics plays a very large role in in which way the the culture is going to go or going to perceive um, this issue. Now, the new administration is is reversing everything that the previous administration had put into place regarding the LGBTQ plus policies. Under the guise of equality, that's a big word today, Stephen, equality, mm-hmm. trying to tie it into civil rights and those kinds of things. What's, what is your reaction to that? Well, it is something your listeners and people really need to understand. There's a ruse term of equality, and they couple that with a false narrative that anyone trying to help are doing something like what they, they have labeled as a ruse lie of a of conversion therapy uh, that somehow and now they call it conversion therapy ministries like what first stone does and when we offer pastoral care for people who want help and so what they're doing is they're tying the idea of race and gender with the 1964 civil rights law and uh, the amendment in 69 and they're wanting to tag that together with LGBT and that plus sign, again, that should be paid attention because it's in the bill that passed the House. It's already passed the House, and most people don't realize this, but President Biden on January 20th actually signed an executive order. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't have Equality Act. It's called uh, Sexual Discrimination. Uh, and so he's already done an executive order on this, so forcing anyone in the federal level to accept these behaviors as equal to race and gender, which is immutable. And we know that behavior, sexuality is fluid, orientation is fluid. And yet they will say that orientation isn't fluid, but that somebody's sex, their gender is fluid. So this is is the level of craziness that we have come to in a culture a godless culture, really, because they have pushed God out of the schools and out of the public forum to the to the best that they can, and they are now trying to couple these things together to where they force everyone. And don't kid yourself; this is this is going to come squarely against nonprofits and Christian organizations, especially Christian universities and schools. They'll start there. They're going to come after all of, of course, all education systems, financial financial institutions. This is a thing that isn't, isn't something you hear a lot. But with banking and insurance and Fortune 500 companies, they will demand that all the employees, that everyone involved, bow down to LGBTQ. And if you're if you don't, you'll be a homophobe and a bigot, equal to or worse than a racist. And that will be subject to being fired, uh, penalized, um, excoriated on levels we have never seen in this nation. And so this is what this is what the Democrats, and it is 99% Democrat, that are pushing this narrative forward 
to demand that the culture bow down to LGBTQ behavior. And they want to do this in the NEA, the National Education Association. They've already done it in, in Illinois. They've done it in New Jersey and California, demanding that children as early as kindergarten learn that LGBTQ is normative to what is the innate God-divine intention of heterosexuality. See, and that's what we have to get back to. We have to start recognizing that heterosexuality is not merely an orientation. It is God's divine intent of male and female, and it is innate. It's biology 101, male and female, and that doesn't ever change with X, Y, and XX. And though there are are abnormalities to the uh, sex chromosomes, it's the rarity, but the normative is X, Y, and XX, male and female. And they're trying to change that and trying to even change the science when actually the science is on our side biblically. Yes. And, and it is concrete science. And so now you have this theoretical science of, of psychology coming and dictating this and forcing this on everyone. Yes. Yeah. And uh, all of that is, is um, well, it's, it's very difficult to to stand up against because it, it seems like a tsunami um, of, of influence that's, that's pushing. And, and Stephen, it's very, it's disappointing, distressing to a degree for me to see what is happening in, in many of our, our churches today, because they they, they are basically, um, well, they're affirming and, uh, accepting and promoting uh the the gay lifestyle this this the gay christian phenomena is just alarming to me and i know you speak in a lot of places a lot of different churches many pastors and you see it up close and personal even more so than i do what's what is your take on that well, it's tragic because you have leaders of the Southern Baptists and the PCA, Presbyterian Church of America. You even have some Assembly of God, which is just absolutely shocking to me, that you would have Bible-believing institutions like the Southern Baptists. And I've been attending a Southern Baptist church. I got saved and then started in a Southern Baptist and then um, and went non-denominational because of the power of the Holy Spirit. But um, it's shocking to see the president, J.D. Greer, dancing on a stage with his gay, uh, so-called gay staff member and um, doing a lip sync with a Whitney Houston song that you got to love somebody. And then, you know, reporting that homosexuality merely just whis- is a whisper in the Bible and that that somehow makes it okay for his staff member to be in unrepentant homosexual behavior and uh, using these things like Grindr, the apps, to go and hook up with other people in sexual encounters anonymously. This, this is outrageous, what's happening in the church at large. And then you have people like uh, Greg uh, Johnson with the PCA church having and hosting a a uh, gay Christian conference called Revoice. And this man, who's the president of that, Nate Collins, was right under Albert Muller at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, promoting the idea of inclusivity while at the uh, seminary. 
so this stuff has been eroding. Uh, I One of the first times I heard something was back in 2014 when Albert Mueller said at the ERLC that he repented of not believing in orientation. Yeah. And so you've got this psychological bend of bending into the church that the APA, the American Psychological Association, is somehow an authority rather than listening to God's word that the powerful grace of God, and, and just like Paul said in Romans 1, you know, it is the power of the gospel that changes people's lives, and that's what we present, right? The, yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, coming into a soul and bringing renewal and transformation and, and, and an inner working of realignment. And these people are now bowing down to what is the American Psychological Association God narrative, of orientation. And so this is tragic, what has happened in the church. It's happening in all of our seminaries and, and Bible schools. A lot of, I mean, you, you've got people like Regent and, and putting out, you know, um, a psychologist, Mark Yarhouse, who wrote a paper with D.A. Carson with the Gospel Coalition promoting the idea of sexual, ori- uh, sexual minorities is what, what they call it. And so the erosion level is unlike anything we have seen in the last uh, 15 years, especially in the last 10 years, it's gotten really bad. And uh, since the implosion of Exodus International, with, again, it was uh, the hypergrace, the antinomianism, and the marrying of that American Psychological Association orientation narrative. And so when people start understanding that these corrupting uh, ideas are mixing and they mix it with the idea of the extravagant grace of God and God's mercy that they come out on the other side of LGBTQ Christianity. And so this is happening everywhere. It's in the Vatican. It's been exposed in the Vatican. And so we know that this is in, in the Catholic Church, and but now in the highest places of the evangelical church as well. Yes, yeah, that's right. Friends, I am speaking with uh, author Stephen Black, the executive director of First Stone Ministries. That website is firststone.org, firststone.org. Lots of resources there. Um, I would encourage you to get the book Freedom Realized, Finding Freedom from Homosexuality and Living a Life Free from Labels. There's a chapter in, in your, your book, Stephen. It's chapter 8, Shall the Shall the Church Show Real Compassion to the Same Sex Attracted? A Clarion Call for Church Leaders to Truly Love the Same Sex Attracted Person. So that that really is the bottom line right there. There is a a balance between faithfulness to God's word and also loving homosexuals. How do you how do you respond to people who say, "Well, how can I do this, Stephen? How can I uh address my my son, uh, my nephew, uh my dad who is homosexual? How do I how do I speak and love them?" Great, great question. Um, uh, of course, the fruit of the Spirit, long-suffering, patience, uh, kindness, goodness, uh, self-control and love, uh, that we be a long-suffering offering ourselves. You know, I like what is attributed to St. Augustine or St. Francis is the, you know, preach the gospel all day long and if necessary, use words. And of course, Romans 10 tells us, uh, how will they hear unless we do preach or, or yes. use words? But we should be living a godly life ourselves, uncompromised. So 
so that we leave a legacy for children and family members, especially, you know, like uh, uh, always like the prophet of prayer, E.M. Bounds. You know, he prayed for his three kids, but didn't get to see them come to know the Lord until after his death. And we need to be leaving a legacy for people by our uncompromised, godly Christian life. Uh, But you can't speak in wispy tones about this. Um, You have to be direct and bold and honest and compassionate. Uh, Most of these people have been brutalized and abused and beaten. I was beaten, too, uh, in junior high. Beaten so bad I had two black eyes and and sores all over my body. And so I understand that. And and the reality is is that if we're going to suffer long with people— And I applaud J.D. Greer wanting to come beside his staff member and help him. But to make excuses for sin and not have, uh, you know, disciplinary measures uh, to bring about the holiness of God is not love. And that's what that chapter deals with. It, it, It talks about how to do this well and suffering long and being consistent. And I have a little acronym I use throughout my book. It's called ABS. And, you know, everybody wants to have abs, right? Mine are padded. Uh, But spiritual abs are really important. And that is accountability where it's not just confession session, but living in an organic relationship where you can naturally confess and, and receive prayer on a continued basis. And then boundaries. You have to boundary what I say, all the nouns of your life, every person, place, and thing. And anything that brings in erosion has to be boundaried. And you don't look at it as restriction. The moment you see it as restriction, you're already in failure. Mm. And then as a spiritually devoted life, practicing spiritual warfare. And so the clarion call is for the church to come beside anyone who struggles with any form of sexual and relational brokenness. With 70% of our men, you know, looking at pornography at a weekly basis is the last stat. And church-going men, we've got an epidemical problem that needs to have that ABS, accountability and boundaries in a spiritually devoted life. So when people say this doesn't work, I'm going, well, you haven't experienced 30 years of ministry like I have mm. seen hundreds of many multitudes of hundreds, yes. maybe thousands now, of men find lasting freedom. That's that's right, and and I'm always reminded, um, Stephen, that the grace of God is transformational, regardless of the circumstance, situation, belief, perspective. You cannot stop God's love and His ability through His mercy and grace to transform someone into what He wants them to be. So that is a, a lie that advocates of uh, the gay, gay lifestyle try to argue, but it's simply not true, and any Bible-believing Christian should understand that. Your thoughts? Well, that's exactly right, and we see you're speaking as a sincere, devoted believer, and that's what it means to be a believer is to receive the promises of God, the Word of God, engrafted for the saving, the delivering of our mind. And my life verse is uh, Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent his word. He literally sent his law into my life to to deliver me from my destruction on the very night I got saved. He said, if you do not accept me, you're going to die. And then he gave me Leviticus 18 as I flipped open the Bible and miraculously fell down on that verse. 
And so it really is receiving the Word of God and believing it from the heart, resulting in righteousness, is what Paul said to the Romans. And when we have that have that preached and taught in the church, we can believe for something much greater in other people's Amen. souls. Amen, brother. Amen. Friends, I've been speaking with Stephen Black, author of Freedom Realized. You can contact him at firststone.org or freedomrealized.org or stephenblack.org. Stephen, I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Thank you so much, brother. Well, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you for being a um, a warrior for truth and a compassionate man of God yourself. Thank you very much, brother. That's it for today's uh, episode of Soaring Eagle Radio, folks. Uh, thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. And most of all, thank you for being faithful to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me today for this episode. Soaring Eagle Radio is a broadcast ministry of the Transforming Word Ministries. You may send correspondence or support donations to Dr. Mike Spaulding, P.O. Box 3007, Elida, E-L-I-D-A, Ohio, 45807. Again, Dr. Mike Spaulding, P.O. Box 3007, Elida, E-L-I-D-A, Ohio, 45807. You may also email me at the following email address, drmichaelspaulding at gmail.com. Again, drmichaelspaulding at gmail.com. Until next time, friends, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be multiplied to you.